2: Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. What's going on is that? That's the second
3: time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home. Those,
4: those, those boys. The second captain's world service.
3: And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you?
4: Yes. Good right. luck. So he's almost like having a second
0: captain in the team. Second captain, first captain, whatever. South Africa's snatching of victory against England at the death of Saturday's World Cup semi-final reaffirms what I've always said about this great sport of a rugby union. Breakdown battles for show, scrum penalties for dough. Welcome to Monday's (laughs) Second Gaps podcast, hey fellas.
1: Hey, that's amazing.
0: (laughs) I'm alright for long stretches of that game. It looked as though England were going to fulfil Ken's pre-tournament prediction of a run to... The final. Mm. Mm. I can't even remember my own predictions. You talked about how long the tournament is, mm. and it's even a pre-season tournament. England looked awful coming into it that yeah. they would build through the matches you probably looked at the draw Ken and thought it's quite a favourable draw up to the semi-finals and yeah. then maybe you thought they'd take their chance in the semi which that's they probably so very nearly did which they
1: nearly did yeah. Yeah. that's describing a bit too much homework to <laughs> yeah. there I would say he
0: looked at the draw that's where you lost no, me t- on. two words Andrew Sheridan that's what, always, uh, that's what yeah. Ken always says yeah. <laughs> remember Andrew Sheridan the scrummage? they could have done with Andrew Sheridan Ken maybe scrummaging there last night in the oh, I think apart from, apart from the Elliot Daly would have kicked, kicked it the other way,
1: way. Mm. Would it Would it padded out That victory beautifully From the same spot In the field That Andre Pollard Did The, the business from I thought the least Composed people In the whole stadium Were
0: the South Africa coaches Yes. At one point, Felix Jones was flapping. Just
1: roaring. They were fra- flapping. Completely, they, no, were, they were very flapping.
0: flappable. Yeah, he was yeah. roaring. Like Felix Jones, I've never seen show much mm. emotion. Mm. It, roaring at Erasmus and Ninaber on either side. But Rassi at half time. We were talking last week about how Rassi used to look very statesmanlike. Yeah. He's a lot more dishevelled these days. Like, he honestly, he was prowling the tunnel area. He'd gone down around pitch side and looked like he was for all the world, an ex Springbok in the stand. Yeah, yeah. Getting yeah. really pissed mm-hmm. up at how shit the team are playing. <laughs> yeah. you what know? you fucking sort it out, out there, you <laughs> yeah. know? And yet they Ken has made this point
5: before about managers and coaches and the worst thing that can happen to you is to look like a fool. You can lose games in all sorts of different ways. But to have lost to this England team, South Africa would be so good for so long, and then to have lost this way to play so badly, make so many errors off the field on the field that was kind of his reputation potentially oh.
1: seriously damaged. Career ended, hence the flap. Losing to this England team. <laughs> <laughs> it genuinely Rossi. would have been. Oh my God.
5: We all call him
4: Rossi, but they seem to call him Rossi. Ah, Rossi. Yeah. Why don't we, well, yeah, Why don't we I mean, do that? I don't think can I'd you be, do a role? No, do, I must not. You can't do not. it? Rossi. R- no. Rossi. Yeah, yeah that better. was it. Yeah. yeah. Rossi. So they found a way. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And
0: that way was the scrum, which set up the game-winning penalty as called by Chris Jones on BBC Five Live.
6: Here is Pollard. He kicks for the lead. What a strike. Has he got the distance? Easily. South Africa lead for the first. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've done my bit as the commentator Now yeah, you guys yeah, have to analyze I did a really good happening. job here Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, if he needs to. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good kick by the way They said oh. it was 49 meters I mean that seems like a long way
1: Yeah isn't it? It, it, it? it is. It's a long way.
0: But it was way over. We'll talk yeah. to Shane about this as well. He really put every ounce into it. He's he launched himself off the ground, practically following yeah. it in. It it's was an incredible nudge. Yeah. And kick.
5: if After Clerk was going insane at the time the penalty was awarded, I was going, well, hang on. You know, he's celebrating like they'd won. Mm. It's yeah. from halfway in the rain and all the pressure on you. And Pollard's stats aren't actually amazing, by the way. Really? They're better than Manny Libox, but they're not like uh oh, I just Lee assumed Hoppeny he was or, met- met-
0: metronomic. Metronomic. A kicker, no? Mm.
5: He's, he's their kind of solid kicker, but he's nothing like previous not South African yeah, 10s yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or the really good kickers. Yeah,
0: Chris Jones is going to be on with Shane Horgan today. Shane will not leave him hanging like that. He will interject <laughs> and he will answer questions and so forth. Shane's colleague on Virgin Media, Matt Williams, not a fan of how that game was decided.
2: What are you incentivising? Mm. By giving a long arm a penalty where you can take three points or kick for touch and take them all, you are incentivising, scrummaging to get the penalty. If you take the incentive away... What's your incentive? We'll get the ball to the backs because there's 16 forwards tied up because there's all this space. Hmm. And so all through the 90s and the early 2000s, we had wonderful back row moves, wonderful back line plays coming off scrums. It was entertaining. It was great. And the scrums were still there. They were a contest. You could have a push over try. But the referee wasn't going to give you a penalty for no matter what you did unless you did foul play or you were offside. And the game was much better. And and when did it become what we see now? Oh, it's just sort of moved over the last (laughs) 15 years. But it's got to the point now where, look, look, the South Africa and England are like great tax accountants. They find every loophole and they exploit it brilliantly. And I admire the intellect. I really admire the intellect. But what, that is not good for the global game and it's not good for the other side of the games like France, New Zealand uh, and Ireland okay. who are trying to play a much more positive ball in hand, entertaining game. Mm. We are in the business of entertainment. That's, okay. what, that's our gig. That one has almost four million
0: views now from Matt going viral wow. around the rugby world. The first <laughs> reply that came up in my Twitter feed was from a South African fan I assume. Jezzy Tenza go learn to scrum and leave the box alone. <laughs> <laughs> and I do understand that point. It's like well we want to play it in our part or certainly Ireland would like mm. to play it a different way. We're never probably going to be dominant against South Africa. I don't Africa. think we've ever well, been dominant
4: I don't, I don't understand anything to do with the scrum business. <laughs> How do you mean?
0: <laughs> I don't, I've never really. You're understood.
4: not a Ged. Why do they? Why is? Why do they get so obsessed with it? Why can we not be good at it? I mean, it's. It looks fairly. We are good simple. at simple. Well,
0: we were. We have. Well, why been why can we not be? You s- actually do better said, against their scrum than anybody else. You just said we can't. South be Africa as good have always South been, Africa. been. Have probably always been the best scrummaging team large in the world. Men. They're large We've men. large the, men. They're large men who seem to have a technical understanding and an absolute love of it, like an inbuilt valuing of the scrum. As Matt yep. says, as a means to win games, that actually isn't as ingrained in other countries. I don't think. Of course, yeah, you can change that, and probably that's something that. But why is it such a big deal? At. It's such a big deal because it just literally they were dying out there. They were absolutely gone. Simon Fenners was on fire in our WhatsApp group. Ken, yeah, he said. South Africa can win this with the scrum yeah. and this is at like nine points set nine points down or whatever and that's exactly what happened so the reason they prize it so much and they value it so much and they and it's such a big deal is it can literally squeak you a World Cup semi-final get you into a mm. final and South Africa seem to understand that more yeah. than But it,
4: is country. it just about like because we can make them commit some infraction for which we get a penalty
0: Yeah well absolutely so have you seen this thing they've started doing where they, they take a mark in their own 22 yeah. so they've done this a few times now in this tournament they catch a ball and rather than kicking it away themselves like a free kick which would give the opponents the line out they back themselves to win a penalty near their own goal line the risks of losing are horrendous they back themselves to win that penalty so that therefore they can then kick the touch same sort of kick yeah. but they will have to They'll put have in they throw into yeah. the line out so that's that's how much they back themselves in any sort yeah. of scrum but is, is
4: there something particular about being about the scrum that like enables you to sort of just exhaust the other team is that the basic principle of it
5: there's a bit of that too but
1: um, if it's you think also like it, to, you're buying a huge like tract of space on the pitch by having like all eight of the opposing teams forwards on the ground or going backwards while you have a dominant scrum and you're, so you're moving forward but you also have there's like tons of space for your backs then to, so it's not just penalties at the scrum but for South Africa the, specifically it is it was yeah.
0: last night or Saturday night was going to be about penalties at the scrum which is what they how they won it in the end
5: but every part of South Africa's game was falling apart, if you think about it. The line-out, kicking game, handling. They're beaten even for intensity and aggression, which they don't normally doesn't normally happen to them. But they did have the best and prop of the world. It wasn't an amazing prediction to say Ox and Jay coming on against Sinclair, who struggled in the 2019 final against the same sort of front row, uh, who isn't a great scrummager. But that won it for them. But you can't have one part of the game, the scrum, dictate the whole event. You can't have every other aspect of your game struggle and you essentially have one brilliant prop, albeit the best prop in the world, best scrummaging prop in the world. It doesn't do anything else. It's basically like an American footballer just comes mm. on and does one thing. That's fair enough. They've chosen to do that. But you can't have that
1: one thing dominate. It's just but, outsized it, importance does, yeah, to... Yeah, but it doesn't... It, it doesn't happen... Like scrums happen in every game, but it's not of outsized importance in every game, which means that in a similar way to... I don't know like there's tactical innovations in every sport that uh, can win you games yep. you know like like I do actually quite like the scrum it's not that I understand what's going on in the scrum but I, I like the scrum because otherwise it's, it's rugby league yep. for a start it is something that absolutely sets no, no, the rugby no, no. apart uh, nobody's arguing that we need the scrum because you need to
5: have fat props or are a little yeah, bit slower yeah. you need to pull in 16 players so that everybody else has a bit more space and he did dominate, right? And he deserves some reward. And they absolutely destroyed England a couple of the scrums once the frontline yeah. uh, English props went off. But some of those scrums are a total lottery. And no matter how much you hear about binds and elbows dropping and knees dropping and boring in and the angle of your hips and all that sort of stuff, it's still that. Well, that final scrum, for example. So South Africa dominated the previous ones. But um, Alex Corbusier, my scrum pundit of choice at the moment (laughs) um, was writing in the London Times about it and he was saying that what happened was so uh, Ellis Genge's knee goes down briefly like for a millisecond um, but the ref didn't call a penalty at that stage and then but at the same time Vincent Koch his opposite number for South Africa was immediately coming at an extreme angle in towards the hookers and so he was He was the first. That was on the bind. He was completely illegal angle. The ref didn't notice that. But then Genja's knee only goes down because he's trying to compensate for the illegal South African bind. So South Africa actually benefited from their own illegal uh, angle, rather, at the start.
1: No, like, I I appreciate that. But the problem, then, is officiating at the scrum rather than the scrum. Do you know what I mean? Or, Or rather... Uh, rather than yes, like teams it's, it's, being brilliant at it's the scrum giving and nothing this else,
5: massive reward whether it's kick three points or kick to the corner and get your line out and get them all and get a try, massive reward for something that the refs haven't a clue about.
0: It is, but lots of games aren't decided that way. I feel yeah. like okay, that one. If every, if, if all the quarterfinals or something hadn't mm-hmm. been decided in this way, I'd, I'd see it as a major problem. It's just the scrums kind of
1: like came out. In it's the just watch, something really that in, it's just something. It's yeah. just
0: something again that South Africa get right at World Cups, and to be honest, they didn't get that much right at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. But there's this is other thing, you know of, oh, South Africa
5: created this picture early on. And this happened to Ireland against New Zealand as well. And there is a bit of Irish bias here in that we almost never have a dominant scrum. So we never get to feel the other side of this and go, yay, we we beat them mm-hmm. at the scrum. We won the game. But this idea of the ref then slavishly following this idea for the rest of the game, oh, those props are on top. Therefore, I'm going to keep giving penalties against the other ones. So for example, the line out in that game, Bongi Ambanambi was having an awful game, a couple of crooked throws, at which he got caught at a couple, a couple stolen but then he had a couple more that were crooked that weren't called. So the picture created for the ref there is Bongi is having a terrible game and he's thrown crooked. And then he did two more crooked, but he didn't get caught for them. Mm. So the ref doesn't do it with the line out, mm. but he did it for the scrum. And here's the thing, right? This is England, who ha- actually have two great scrummaging props, two L fellas who started, but really good props. So what you're saying now is England, who are like the fifth best team in the world, can't compete even close to what South Africa can do. <laughs> So what did the lower-down teams have to do against South Africa? Like, South Africa could literally play a weaker team, right? And just keep knocking the ball on or calling marks in their 22. Just create a load of scrums for themselves. Create the penalty
0: and then kick to the corner. That's and the next like stage. It. They'll just catch a ball anywhere and just take it. A, I'm telling you, it's a loophole like in the game they
1: Spike it like yeah, a quarterback. I don't, I
0: don't yeah.
4: get why, why it's so difficult for anyone else to do what they're doing. Like
5: because just, just a bunch of big guys They've been eating th- steak for three centuries and farming and. So, uh, Hannah, say, are,
0: are, are, are you saying it's Simon. physique and size? Because, I mean, Ty Furlong's a big boy, for example.
4: I, I remember Owen watching this sport back in the 90s when they brought in the pack weight statistic and it was always 800 in some low number. No, it's, and now it's it, 900
5: in some number. It, but no, for it's that you've got more of these giant men to pick from and then you get the guys with the best technique. So Ox and Shea is both unbelievably strong, but also the best technique. So you need both. What though,
4: What is Matt Williams actually saying should happen?
0: More free kicks and stuff. So if, if the ref is indecisive, rather than saying a penalty, because that team has already been winning penalties, yeah. he says, okay, it's just a free kick. This team get possession, but I'm not certain enough that it's an infringement by the other team to give mm. a penalty I will let them have the ball but I'm not going to just give them three points to win a semi-final I have yeah. to work for it. Something, some sort of compromise like that he says basically that it used to be for restarting but I mean, Matt, I think Matt's taken it to extremes because it isn't just for restart there is supposed to be a contest there as well yeah there has to be a it's contest. not just like we'll all stand here and do uncontested scrums because that's what Rugby
5: League does actually have a re- fake scrum to restart
0: the game but yeah so Matt will be looking at maybe, maybe more free kicks for example yeah and but
5: also by the way South Africa can be unbelievably entertaining they can do it both ways yeah, it's not like they're just trying to scrummage all the time and England had a ton of other opportunities they kicked badly towards the end they
0: probably could have kept their two props on a little bit longer Farrell a after, Farrell the, after the, off the drop the goal as well after the drop goal a, a which a was such a big moment felt like such a big moment I thought when Farrell dropped that from a long way out Yeah, then to make a couple of bad errors towards the end didn't quite silence the, the boo boys as as it looked like he was going to do. Ken, doesn't sound like you've got any sort of clarity there, but hopefully Shane and Chris Jones can give you a little bit more. You look disappointed. Disappointed. No, I, I think,
4: think I, I, I sympathise with Matt, wi- Matt Williams as always. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, it, it reminds me of the handball nonsense in, in football. I mean, I was looking at, you know, the support over the uh, statistics zone. I mean, I saw the Atletic had done a thing. Basically, the number of handball penalties has doubled since they brought in VAR, and the proportion of penalties that are given for handball has doubled since they've brought in VAR. Mm. And it's like you're just giving a ridiculously big chance to someone for a small... Through a
1: dangling penalty tentacle.
0: It just seems like why we managed being... to get a
1: VAR-free football podcast out earlier <laughs> <Yeah>, today,
0: but, <laughs> but <it> snuck into <laughs> not the a VAR-free rugby. Monday. Old. We'll cover the World Cup final more during the week on the World Service, where we'll also be chatting to the great Johnny Doyle, a legend of Gildare football, who lined out yesterday in midfield for his club Allenwood. He's even older than Murph. Still playing Gaelic Games. <laughs> like a good bit older yeah, than... Yeah, 45 I mean, years of age in the county intermediate final. He kicked three points, was named man of the match and inspired his team to a one-point victory. Genuinely Amazing. He's one of the sort of... I, I always got the sense he's one of the more popular players in yeah. in recent times in Ga. So we'll have him on the World Service tomorrow. Sign up now on secondcaptains.com for five or a month plus fat. Episode two of Episode with Richie Sadler is available to everyone. That's going to be out on Wednesday. The first chat Richie had last week was absolutely brilliant. Exploring the singular mind of Tommy Tiernan, who told Richie how difficult he finds it to open up emotionally.
3: I don't know how to do the work. My wife knows how to do it. My, as part of her, you'd know, as part of her qualifying to become a psychotherapist, you know, hundreds of hours mm. of psychotherapy for herself. So she's, she has told me, she says, I've done the snotty work. She said, "I've I've been in rooms where I've addressed things, and I, I broke down, and I've been crying. For, I've seen other people break down and cry. I don't think I'm capable of that. I don't deal with things really in that in that way, or I deal with them differently, or I, I don't. That's not my ability. I've tried therapy. I've tried all the things, and I just I'm. It's so instinctive mm-hmm. to me to be in control of." The space between my ears. It's so natural to me to create a barrier constructed out of sentences and be in control. So when am I not in control? When am I vulnerable? I would say that I'm always like that, but it's an act of massive self-protection.
0: That chat with Tommy Tiernan can be listened to now. The next episode is out this Wednesday. It's separate to your second captain's feed. Just to remind you of that one, go and search for it and listen wherever you get your podcasts and rate it and subscribe. Give it a five-star rating. If you think it deserves it, which I believe you will. And lastly, before we crack into the rugby chat, a big thank you to everyone for buying tickets to the Gangs All Here End of Year show in the National Stadium. This is a brand new venue for us. It's going to be a huge night, and it's very nearly sold out. Friday, December 1st. Last few tickets available on secondcaptains.com forward slash live.
5: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring.
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: In the final again. I'm be sent off. He's going to be yellow card. I can't
2: speak. Oh, what about that? Sends him off. Sends the judge. He gets off. You'll ball Campbell. I can't speak. I can't speak. I can't speak. the best of the world Never mind anybody else.
0: it is going to be New Zealand versus South Africa in the World Cup final as we all expected but maybe not in the circumstances in terms of England who are surely wondering how they're stuck playing a third place playoff on Friday night instead Shane Horgan how are you yeah good. Good, good. And we've got Chris Jones, BBC Rugby Union correspondent and co-host of the Excellent Rugby Union Weekly podcast. Chris, how are you?
6: Yeah, really good. Good to be on with you guys.
0: Is there a lot of pride about how well England played and the winning position they put themselves in? Or is that a load of nonsense? Is Mm. this going to go down as a massive opportunity blown?
6: Bit of everything, I think. Yeah, pride for sure, because England played so well. I mean, their, their tactics were executed to a T. We knew it was coming. We knew Steve Borthwick would have a plan. It's one thing having the plan and being able to execute it in their kicking game, their contestable work with the the box kicks, outstanding. Took their points, 15-6 up. We were not far off saying in commentary, this is done. But if there's one team you cannot keep down, they're like the Undertaker sitting up in wrestling. It's, it's the spring box with that scrum. Um, and uh, yeah so England, I think England will feel pride they'll feel that's a benchmark it's a massive platform from which to build as perverse as that might, might sound but they will feel that's the one that got away because of 15-6 with that field position and their dominance they were almost there they were almost in the World Cup final weren't
0: they That's it Shay. nine points up just over ten minutes ago, in the rain playing the conditions so well playing the, the best they played in years and South Africa looking so nervous as well this one's got to live with the English players and supporters for a long time
7: yeah Chris mentioned it was like the undertaker. I was thinking more Tyson Fury. Yeah. You know, oh right. yeah, again, wilder. Walter, wilder, yeah. Up, up from the dead and and they did feel as if it looked like a, a long road, but I have to say the door was never fully shut. Mm. and to some degree, you did think the possibility of exactly what happened happened. and um that really changed when um you know, when the scrummaging um changed and it did the four scrum penalties on the trot. Um, ultimately leading to the final one and whatever sort of controversy and uh, around that um there was there was little controversy I think over the over the ones before and that was it in a game and rugby is still that game where you have no scrum and you can't win it's as simple as that and the right was on the wall you know the right was on the wall really from from that point where you thought listen there was there's was a good chance that pure scrummage dominance would give South African an opportunity it did and then i gave them another opportunity and that's all uh, that's all they needed but i would say that final kick by pollock uh, sorry Pollock, is is not it was in absolutely immense i think there was kind of feeling oh listen he'll just knock this over and you know the you know uh, south africa will win under the conditions under the stress you know it was right at his range he absolutely walloped that and it went straight between the sticks. He threw it his whole body thing. at it. It was one of those ones. It looked like the technique, but maybe what he's perfect. done it before. Yeah. Yeah, he consistently does it But uh, you're right on that Like the technique seemed less of an issue He's obviously such such a clean hitter mm. But you know the way You, you see um, a kicker's kick now And they all kick The whole thing about them is the Repeating their process yeah. And exactly the same technique Every s- single time He actually kicked that so hard He, he jumped into the air a little bit. Yeah, nearly fell it, over it was, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was unbelievable
5: Chris, do you think the game? Well, what do you make of the final scrum? First of all, I've been reading about a reading Alex Corbisiero in the London Times, who's goes into great detail and actually makes it quite easy to understand for people like us. But what did you make of the scrum at the time and the decision?
6: I think, as Shane says, when you've had four penalties against you, you're you're in trouble, aren't you? And it would have been an extraordinarily brave decision for Ben O'Keefe to say, "Look at an angle and go." Actually, I'm going to give this the other way. When you're when you think that. 10, 15 minutes earlier, maybe 20 minutes, maybe a bit more than that, the box drove England off off their ball. It wasn't a scrum penalty, but it was just a clean drive off the ball on England's put-in. And you saw all of those, you know, new back rowers, Faree and Quacker Smith just marching over the ball and and healing it back. So the writing was on the wall, exactly as Shane says. If you look at that last scrum, there is a knee that, that that goes pretty close to the ground and then Real scrum experts like Dave Flatman, Alex Corbusier would tell you that then destabilizes the scrum for the opposition and gives the, the loose head as it was Genge. If he's gone to the knee, he's has got a better body position and a lower body position. But by having his knee close to the ground as he did before the put-in, that's illegal. So straight away, the picture was given to Ben O'Keefe that Genge wasn't staying, staying solid. I don't know. I, I don't think England can have too many complaints. Yeah. Unfortunately, the scrum was just totally dominant in that final quarter. And part of you feels from an England point of view, oh, could they have done with Marler or Cole on the pitch at the end? But the flip side is those boys did amazingly well for 50. And if they hadn't had that scrum and that platform, and they'd completely locked it up, would England have led 15-6? Almost certainly not, because they were just coughed up field position upon field position upon field position from um, a, do- a scrum that was being dominated. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think England can have too many complaints. You can pore over things. You look at stills of scrums and there's a still where the body angle looks awful, but that could well have been a result of England's illegality in the first place. I think they were just unfortunately overpowered in that final quarter of an hour. They could have held on they didn't, the margins were so, so fine, but I've not heard too many complaints out of the England camp, really.
7: Yeah, and Chris, I don't know about you, but I, I've never listened to as many props as I have in the last 24 <laughs> hours. Like to,
6: it's, and actually... it's been their moment, hasn't
7: it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, they're coming out of the work. they yeah. really are, they're all over Twitter, but it's all interesting stuff, and I, I, you listen, I've you i I've been listening to very much the same commentary as you, As listened to BJ Boda as well, some of those inter- um, he's sort of broken it down quite interest- interestingly. But a couple of things about you know, about scrums and about South Africa, and um, they are dominant. Um, but the other element of it is, is is the perception, and there is a perception out there that they've built on fact over years and years and years. They've layered in this idea of the bomb squad, which again is entirely legitimate. Yeah, you're right. That scrum, there was two scrums. The one where they just drove England off the ball, and then the other one they, they popped England up. You know, if you're seeing that as a referee. You know, that's the picture that, you know, never mind what's gone on over the last, you know, four years and their dominance. That is what's in your mind. And I do get that, uh, you know, that, that phrase, you know, if you get a reputation for getting up in, uh, early in the morning, you can lie in bed all day. Now, I don't think that was the case, but it's definitely <laughs> a perception that's out there that they are brilliant scrummers and they are brilliant scrummers. So you get to the point where, there was a knee on the ground. He called that whatever about the sort of the drive inward, which which didn't look great on those stills. I think he was he was resting on that, and there was definitely a scrum do- a dominance. And um, so that all that said, I did. I was speaking to somebody who doesn't watch much rugby, um, but sort of is a sort of casual, you know, mm. World Cup maybe Six Nations watcher, and they they said said. Um, that they really—they were—you're know, watching this game to enjoy that. They, but they said, jeez Shane, like they're really—I forgot, you know, how technical and how many rules there are that just people don't know." And I think that is—that is a difficulty with, with rugby in general, sort of making it accessible because you know there was, I, although that I didn't think the game was brilliant in terms of you know uh, rugby uh, spectacle or sort of technical, um, the, the rugby played the way I like to play. I was I was really enthralled by it. i found it very compelling mm-hmm. to watch but you know aside from the 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 sort of the the fact that it was a world cup semi final and england were giving this massive um, um performance that, the like of which they haven't seen in a long time for england i think that the technical stuff is still very challenging for people and it does it does yeah, it... Impinge rugby
5: Chris, my problem
7: with this...
6: Go on, sorry. No, I was just going to make a point about the scrum. And it's so interesting, isn't it? Because about 10 years ago, I remember Lions in 2013, they completely bossed Australia in that third test with a scrum. I remember the Ospreys front row of that period were massive on the hit and winning penalties and scrum was all about winning penalties then the lawmakers tried to move away from that and have scrum a bit more of a, of, of a tool to restart the game but we've seen in big knockouts this world cup how the scrum is everything and the only way south africa were coming out of it was to get penalties and, and then to move up the pitch territorially so it's just look i definitely see both sides see the side that goes off for the casual fan they want the scrum to be a, a bit less of an issue and a bit less of a source of penalties but equally it's such a, a, a an array of skill and technical expertise and power as well, which is a big part of the game. So I don't have a huge problem with penalties being farmed from the scrum. I do think it's going to be fascinating about props going forward because we've all been enthralled by these props, whether it's Makov and Ellis Genge, Carl Sinclair, Andrew Porter, Tyg Furlong, the way they've raised the bar with their loose play, mm. taken it to the line, passing out the back, pop passes, decoys, hanging on the edges, all of this stuff where they've gone, wow, they have taken the game to a new level. But look what's won South Africa the match. A prop in Oxen Jay, who's not going to carry the ball. And look who did such an incredible job for England. A prop in Dan Cole, who doesn't carry the ball, who just cleans rucks and stays, stays out of it most of the time in phase yeah. play. So how coaches now will actually go, look, there's an academy kid who's great with the ball in hand. But will we need come big knockout games someone who's going to lock the scrum up? So it's just a fascinating um, narrative about about the prop, the role of the prop going forward, Shane. But but if, yeah, you th- really th- like sorry, Shane, if you
5: think about all the facets that go into a rugby game, right? And if you're dominant in any one of them, it doesn't win you a game. Whereas when I saw Ox and Shea come on, I thought w- literally one player and one aspect of the game, the scrum, can win you it it's just outsized importance for me especially when that final decision and we can say that South Africans did have dominance up to that point but they got the final scrum wrong the refs and the fact is it's a bit of a roll of the dice to actually win a World Cup semi-final and that actually it was the initial Vincent Cox um, angle on the bind was incorrect which caused uh, the props need to go down and that was so it was actually South Africa's technical flaw that caused the need to go down. So they actually won a penalty for their own mistake. And yes, they have dominance and they have the best scrum and Oxen Shea's the best scrummer in the world, all that sort of stuff. It just seems way too much importance put into one aspect of the game that can win you a game when everything else was going wrong for South Africa.
7: I think if you have uh, a massive advantage in one area of the game, I think it can win you the game. If you, for example, um, are brilliant at dominating the air, that wins you the game if you you know and actually you've nearly won England the game at the weekend. If you have got an amazing line out and line out maul, that can win you the game. There you know there there if you are you know uh, um, prioritized sort of attacking wide play, that can win you the game. So I'm I don't want to rewrite the rules of, of rugby here. There's a certain type of rugby that I like to play, uh, watch and I like to play and like to be part of. This isn't it, but. I recognise that this is part of the whole rugby mix and I actually think rugby is better for having this type of mix and what happens now is, you know, to Chris's point there, how do you counteract that? How do you, how do you, you know, what can you do to uh, South Africa to make sure that that's not the most important thing? And how do you, you know, how do you uh, um, operate your scrums a little bit? Listen, th- th- those um, victories for Australia in the 1990s, right? They won two World Cups with no scrum. That's not really, that wasn't the thing. It was a big uh, area of weakness for them. But they came um, t- came to the table with uh, techniques and and a strategy to make sure that they weren't reliant on the scrum and there was other elements of the game became um, um, more important. So, you know, uh, as much as I, you know, didn't necessarily want to see South in, fi- in in a final or I wanted to see um, France win last week and indeed I probably wanted to see England win this week, um, I sort of do admire that that's a part of the game and it's up to Of it's course, of course of it's a massive part that. of the
5: game and it will always be and it needs to be because you need to suck in 16 people but line outs suck in 16 people but they don't result in a penalty every time you're inferior so being inferior in a scrum results in a penalty a kick to the corner a maul and all the rest of it and you can win a game just from that I'm, I'm not talking about depowering the scrum I'm just talking about like taking 5% out of the importance of it in the overall scheme of things as opposed to literally one aspect of the game winning the whole thing, Chris?
6: I completely see a point and yeah, I absolutely. Take I, I definitely I really do see both sides. About sitting on the fence, and and Shane's right. You can have other areas where you can dominate, but it's it's that that number of penalties you can milk from a scrum. And then if you say every time there's a knock on, or every time there's a, a any, any offence that leads to a scrum, I mean, look, it was a twenty two, for example. Yeah, yeah oh, I mean, But you've got to say fair play for doing that. Yeah, I do like that. I do like that. I mean, we've got you've got to say like, who on earth is going? Oh, Let's 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 scrum from a mark. I mean, no wait, one wait, has done that. In the of the, by of the, the game. way, Chris,
7: that's part of the picture Bill, that I was talking about. Actually, definitely, it's a flex, isn't it? It to, yeah, yeah, to the ref. Yeah. We'll
6: scrum from anywhere. Any, we'll yeah. scrum from our
7: own line. Yeah. yeah. So how could and, you and not they, be persuaded they, that South Africa have an be, ultimately dominant scrum if they do something like that, which no ever team
6: because, <laughs> has done in the last fifty years? And they're doing things exactly like that to tell the referee you know, how good is our scrum? We're so confident in it. We'll put it on our own five meter line. So when Damien had did that against France, they've gone, wow, we, we will scrum from anywhere. And what a statement and what, um, what a bit of innovation because, you know, no one is ever thinking of, of marking and, and, and calling a scrum. And they did that in the, in the England game. It didn't actually win a penalty from that. That was one that England managed to survive. But yeah, I, I it, there is perhaps a disproportionate number of penalties given from the scrum, but also it's only one team in the world who is doing that and we know other teams have strong scrums but it's just South Africa's is a step above and they've got unbelievable depth and England will look to the fact that Genj and Sinker are brilliant players in the loose but technically in the scrum, that's not their area of strength. They'll look to the fact that Jamie George went 80 minutes and England have not built depth at hooker. Luke cowan dickie injured the last four or five years. They've desperately struggled to, to have a third hooker. So what England would have to have a third hooker behind those two and a second hooker in this World Cup, what they would have given to have brought on a cowan dickie figure or an equivalent British and Irish line to help that with Jamie George heroically going 80. So there would have been maybe ways for England to counteract it if they had a bit more depth in certain Position, so yeah, a lot of penalties from the scrum, maybe too many in some regards, but that is perhaps just typical of South Africa and unique to them because their scrum is is different level. And,
7: and also, look at this World Cup so far for South Africa. Do you know Ireland beat them in the in the pool stages? Um, you know they didn't completely dominate um, Scotland in the scrum. You know there was definitely were, it was a strength, but it wasn't. They didn't. You know that wasn't the end all and be all of the game. Um, they could easily have lost the game. Against France, you know they to be out of the quarterfinal. They could easily and probably were out on to lose that game against England. So yes, it is. It is you know a, a major you know part of their game, but it doesn't make it doesn't make them infallible. And listen, mm. let's see what goes on next week. That's that will be the interesting. Piece. I also think the um, um, there was definitely an element of the conditions. Um, helping as well you know I think it is more difficult under that you know, in that um, you know under those circumstances now other elements of the conditions I don't think help South Africa where they're playing they found it very difficult to hold the ball and made sort of more mistakes and, and gained um, less momentum than we have seen them um, in um, you know right the way through this competition but I do think we don't want to be too reactive here I, I get your point as well No, I felt it you know, for ages
5: to be honest with you Shane yeah, on I, I, I do get
7: your point and do think you know um, you know, does there have to be a definitive on, at every or can there be a definitive on a, every single scrum that yeah. somebody is doing something wrong? Um, I think you know that does it's the confidence with which refs you know
0: put the hand in the air that's so definitely I mean, so a penalty Are you saying that, um, that? And we played the Matt Williams clip earlier on. Are you saying that essentially referees should? If they're not as, they can't always be as certain as they seem to be. So just give a, give a free kick. Well, Corby's or, here for for your, example, saying on that one, it's you, definitely you, you a reset. Don't want to be, well, you, uh, you, worst. yeah, I know. But you don't be resetting them all. That's the yep, most boring thing for people who aren't into mm, rugby is resets. Rooms, it's an absolute nightmare. Yeah, boring versus unfair though for that final one. Yeah, yeah, you they're, can't they're,
5: just have reset upon reset, can you? Yeah. That's exactly what some of the props are saying. That actually, if it hadn't been two resets already, he would have reset again. But he's feeling this pressure to also have an entertaining game and keep the thing flowing. But so I, you I, go
6: to the dominant, don't you?
5: Well, you go to the fairest thing. You still reset it. Forget the pressure. I mean, fair comes above boring. Our fear of being you boring. can't do five,
6: six, seven. How many? When do you when do you stop resetting? Well, and the clock's says, well, going. There, the there clock's was, going was, during this time.
7: There was a knee on the ground. You know, and, 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 so I'm going to take. He your didn't. He
5: didn't well, actually blow his whistle time. until it went sideways. Though he didn't blow his whistle when he saw the knee on the ground. Uh,
7: but, but yeah, but you can play, you can play an advantage there, and which which you know you can make the case he mm. was. Yeah. You know. Um, but, I, you know, but this is, just, I would think this is, to some degree, the sport we have. You know, this is, you know, this is... I thought the game was brilliant, by flaws. the way. I really
5: enjoyed it. There's, yeah. there's
7: lots of flaws in rugby, I mm. think, you know, are things that... that or you know maybe if you're if you're building the game from the ground up again <laughs> you wouldn't do but like it is part of it and yeah. you know uh, you know we here we are having a very sort of interesting and live discussion um about about these elements as well and, and Simon are we do you always look for sort of a refinement and maybe there will be some element of refinement off the back of of this world cup but again just don't want to overstate the importance here. Now I know they're in a World Cup final, so that's the ultimate importance. But you know, this this could have been a very different tournament for for South Africa. And mm-hmm. you know, whatever about this scrum, there is a you know there is an inbuilt sort of almost sort of it feels like a sort of a, 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 relig- a religiosity to their <laughs> belief that <laughs> um, that they're made to win this World Cup and. That that sort of came through in the last. Well, you know, Fa- Faf de Clerk was celebrating
5: when the penalty was awarded on the halfway line in the rain, with all that pressure. He's like, "We've won this thing." Yeah,
7: but well, if you've got if you've got Pollard in your team, <laughs> maybe you would as well. You know, Pollard, <laughs> that's a, actually, that a South
6: African thing? Because because you guys must remember second test in Pretoria in the Lions in two thousand and nine, when when the moment the penalty was given against uh, Nagar, wasn't it for taking mm. out Brian Habana? Yeah, you felt the box knew they'd done it. That was way 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 over halfway and I know there's yeah. altitude which is a 10 metre factor but yeah. I mean whether it's Mornay Stein or Andre Pollard these guys are made <laughs> a cut from different cloth there was there was no doubt they were kicking that and that speaks volumes for their their self belief I suppose
5: yeah and Shane when you were talking about Chekhov's gun with the block down conversion from Ramos in the quarterfinal I had the exact same feeling when he came on after half an hour for Manny Libak like this guy's obviously going to kick the winning penalty in the last second <laughs> um, yeah
7: well it was that was it and yeah. he, you know he needed to and he delivered but just just on that it's, again it's funny how things you know the, uh, as they work out you think oh listen what an amazing move by Razzi to you know pull off the um, buck um, after 30 minutes but um, you know if they lose that game you think uh, and maybe the question should be should be asked anyway you go you know it's not a good plan and it's not there's, there's an issue with prep if you have to do that for your, to your, your 10 after 10 minutes uh, after 30 minutes of, of a semi final of a world cup Pollard should have started you know, in
0: those conditions would be the well, argument should. Should.
7: I, I also think there there is an issue with, with with that i think he knows that that sort of you know that sort of damocles is hanging over his head throughout the game i don't think it's particularly helpful and you know where does it leave him for for the next game I, I don't think it's good and i know these guys are teak tough mentally but um you know we, they're still human beings and and i think his performance was you know to some degree um you know the uh, his the fragility of his position played into that performance um in the first you know in the first 30 minutes and um i don't think it's a good idea to have um you know to, to be making changes or to to, to be picking a a guy who's likely you need to change you know that early in, in proceedings
5: yeah Chris we praise Rassi for his genius but I was also thinking no other country could bring on a World Cup winning out half World Cup winning scrum half the best scrummaging mm. prop in the world Orgy Snyman who'd be every other team starting second row the likes of Lacan Am, Cannon Moody Esther Hayes not even in the squad or the matchday squad it's an insane amount of depth and he looked rattled I thought Rassi and the whole uh, South African management team looked rattled do you think they did a good job, or did one amazing prop bail them out? Yeah, you got Willie LaRue as well, <laughs> you know, yeah. who's one of the great fullbacks of the generation who came on
6: for, for Willemsen quite early in the piece. Yeah. Um it, it it depends. You could say it all it all ends up in the scoreline and the end justifies the means, doesn't it? And you could say, well, by hooking Lebok early, by hooking Reinhardt early. At least they didn't let it get too far out. Hooking Willem so early, they brought on that experience, they brought the better kicking trio, and that that, that won them out. Um, but I agree also with Shane. I, I don't think this is part of the plan. You know, I think there was, you just could look at it in two ways. One was like, oh, wow, how ruthless is Razzie? And the other could be, they were just chucking people on and chucking people off and just <laughs> desperately hoping it stuck. Yeah. And in the end, it was just Ox and Che and Vincent Kock and who bailed them out. You know, and Pollard kicked the goal and Faf was Faf and Willie LaRue was Willy LaRue. But without the scrum, you, we would all be saying he's got that nine and ten wrong. And England knew wet weather was coming. Now, whether this was going to be England's plan anyway, because by their own admission, there's still loads of work to do with their attacking game. Whether they would have played this heavy kick, heavy contestable aerial game anyway is another point because they could have done, but the conditions were perfect. Paul Grayson called it wet weather rugby, page one of wet weather rugby. England knew it was coming. South Africa kind of almost looked a bit surprised by the conditions. That could, could yeah. be a fault of planning. So it's easy. But again, it goes back to perception. We've got a perception of the box scrum. We've got a perception of the box bench and we've got a perce- perception of the genius box management. And they've made those perceptions because they've built that reputation. Reputations are, are hard to make, are hard to hard to make, but easy to lose. But At the moment, they've done all that hard work to make those reputations and perceptions. But there is a massive job for Erasmus and Inaba to do this week because they rolled out the same 23. They got away with it because I think a lot of people were shocked when they saw the same 23, given where they went to against France. He's got guys like Sean Klein, guys like Keenan Moody, guys like Lacan Yoam, who will be will be up for a game, but it's a World Cup final. You don't rotate for World Cup finals, but it could be that they've got to really look closely. And look at Ebenezer Beth. No one, no one takes Ebenezer Beth off, let alone after 45 minutes. That was the call for me that, that that was most impressive. Not the 9, not the 10, not the 15. The fact that their best player, arguably, wasn't quite at the races because he, he didn't have enough energy. And to take him off, I don't think many coaches, coaches teams would have done that because they would have gone... You've got to have Eben on for the for the whole eighty. So, yeah, I think it's a bit of a mixed bag. This one, ultimately, they won and deserved the plaudits. Some looked a bit more more sort of from accident rather than design. But I think the Etzebeth was an example of how that coaching team does just have the Midas touch when it's coming to replacements and making sure they're winning games in the red.
7: On the way, they use their their uh, squad and their bench and the way they've. Um you know they they look at um sort of squad performance as opposed to team performance that's the one there's a couple of things at this world cup that I, I wonder um are going to change rugby in the next 4 years because there's always something you know there's is generally a kind of a, a um a trait or a type of play that becomes de jour or you know elements of it whether kicking is more important or you know whether it's ball retention or whether it's you know territory you know the, we we see these traits uh, through um you know, established in a World Cup, and everyone goes, "Oh, well, listen, that's the way to win." So let's let's go and do that. Um, and I'm interested to see how all other teams sort of approach the next four years in terms of, um, you know, player development. And I think you know, I'm looking through the sort of Irish lens as well. And Ireland have been good at developing players over the last few years, and probably had a deeper, more experienced uh, squad and bench than we've ever had before. But is that the next phase of this that you you see, you know even through a Six Nations where it's customary to have very consistent team selections, and that is the um you know that's the prevailing um you know sort of thought that that's the way to get the best results. So we go actually there's two ways of doing this here, and one is um you know exposure for much more player players who feel much more comfortable, and you've got players playing you know in effect halves of rugby or or slightly you know in in the case of the first uh, group slightly more um but you you are um so as they're pacing themselves for a 50 minute game as opposed to an 80 minute game and you know the impact that has and and how you have to make sure that the second group that are coming on are you know as legitimately as as you know, as as the first group able to deliver, or mm. whether you mm. look at it again where you're looking at maybe you're bringing on your sort of your your power finishing team, yeah. you know, earlier than normal, but they are actually the guys that would traditionally be leading leading the way. Where, um, so you know that there's an interesting, I, th- I think, piece to follow over the next 18 months to see whether you know this South African side, well, win or lose at the weekend, change rugby in a more fundamental way.
0: Chris, just some breaking news as we record. World Rugby confirms it is formally reviewing the allegation made by Tom Curry about the use of discriminatory language during England's clash with South Africa. This is probably the bit where if you're listening with any kids in the car, as they say, skip ahead 30 seconds or so because this was something Curry said to the referee during the game. Sir, if their hooker calls me a white cunt, what do I do? Now, some of the social media defence suggested in Afrikaans, the word can't means side, so the player could have been alerting his teammates that the ball is on the English side. We don't know exactly. That's all going to wash out, I guess, in this investigation. But this is a potentially very big story and potentially a big problem for South Africa, given that Mbunambi were worried to be banned. I mean, he's, he's their only hooker in the squad.
6: Yeah, and this story's not going away. You know, it kind of emerged on Sunday morning, um... It was actually a, a, a few people had had heard it on the ref mic, but it was quite it was quite faint because Curry's kind of coming from a distance, um, so it didn't really come out too much in the in the post match. Curry was asked about it and, and sort of played it down. And then we had a, a, a call with Steve Borth yesterday, a virtual call where he didn't want to comment, but then South African Rugby put a statement out, which which again just kind of kept the story going because they said, look, they are they are looking into it, and World Rugby doing similar. Um, and if it was just a, just a complete mistake and misheard, then you, you you do feel that South Africa would have said straight away um, post match Sunday. Oh look, he was saying white offside. It was an Afrikaans. total misunderstanding. Sorry, Tom, for for what you thought you heard, but it wasn't. And then that all gets gets done and dusted Sunday. So here we are, Monday lunchtime. World Rugby looking into it. Um, and there's a there's a final on Saturday and there is precedent for players getting banned for the discriminatory language um it's happened to a few players in the past it's, it's it's unusual it's it's outside the sort of normal parameters of the disciplinary system but world rugby um have as you said in the last 20 minutes got involved and, and are investigating so yeah it's a it's something that, that they they're taking very seriously rightfully so um it's bigger than a kind of rugby issue I suppose because it's it's um a different kind of of, of context but when it comes to South Africa and, and Umbanambi and his importance and his availability as well, he is the only specialist hooker. Dion Frewey come on enti- at times and done well. He's got a lot of experience, but he was used on the flank on the weekend. They haven't replaced Mark- Malcolm Marks like for like. And it just, I suppose, adds another um, issue to the numerous ones you feel South Africa are facing in terms of their energy, in terms of their team selection. And the counter to that, if we're just talking about the rugby on Saturday, is New Zealand just breezed through Friday night in an exhibition match, not a World Cup semi-final. And they've been able to kind of completely recalibrate after going so deep into their resources against Ireland. So as we speak now, it's South Africa battling all kinds of of various problems. And New Zealand, you feel, they've, they've got feet up, analysis off the box, but a lot of fresh bodies and a lot of players full of confidence and in top nick.
5: Shane, Rassi was very active on Twitter again last week. It'll be interesting to see how he deals with this because it may be a tough one to argue or even prove either way. But Rassi, at the best of times, can go a little wild on Twitter. But it'll be interesting to see how he copes this week as it is a World Cup final too. And I know he's already won one, but it's still an extra kind of pressure.
7: There's two schools of thought here that um, Rassi knows exactly what he's doing all all the time. He's very considered and he's... um Putting messages out there to um, serve a sort of bigger purpose, and then there's another one that I think he's, and I probably agree with this. He's quite compulsive on 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 his messaging, and I don't think it's always. He can be erratic, can he? He can yeah. be, you know, and you know, um, I know this is not the case, but sometimes you think, you know, has he had a jar and he's decided to, to fire a message out or a tweet out? Um, you know, it's not always, I think, you know, particularly helpful. I don't think it's all, always very wise, uh, but I do think some he, he is. Compelled to do it sometimes, um, but um, I think he'd be well served to you know sort of hold fire here. It's it, you know it's a very tricky one. I think it's going to be very very difficult to prove slash disprove. But you know, with the the onus here is to prove it. Um, what do you do? You go through the game, listen to the sort of ref mic, every sort of side mic. Um, I don't think it's a case of, and they may do this. They may may ask for evidence from. Um, or, or some, well, you know, testimony. I suppose to be said overly legalistic from, um, from Curry and, and others. Um, but but ultimately, unless there's some third way of of you know some independent way of, of verifying this, um, this is is not going to lead anywhere. And um, you know that this, I think, the standard of of evidence that would be needed here would would be would be and should be very high. Okay, we'll have to see what
0: happens over mm-hmm. next next couple of days on that one. Shane, what were you feeling watching New Zealand? I was going to say trounce Argentina. That makes it even sound slightly more competitive than it was. I mean, it was just it was a, a tough watch. I think from an Irish point of view.
7: Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what? We weren't a, a kicking the arse away from an Ireland England final here, were we? Yeah. You know, <laughs> wow. <laughs> like wow. Yeah, Could it, we really, really were, and, <sighs> and yes, I know it's the usual, isn't it? It's you know, it's it's as you know one might expect in in South Africa and New Zealand, the traditional powerhouses of rugby, but the weird way of getting there. And I, I literally have no doubt whatsoever that Ireland would have um, beaten uh, that RG team quite well, to be honest with you. And it was it was zero surprise to anyone that that happened. Um I think. Um, you know that is an, a limited Argentine and Argentinian group. Um, you know their game plan is is limited as well. Um, I didn't think they sort of helped themselves in. You know in the way they played. I don't think they were. They were sort of kind of unlucky after because quite a spirited start. So they didn't get the, the, quite the um, maybe the rewards that they deserved. Um, you know at um, you know in that for that period of time in the New Zealand Twenty Two, but you know there was there was never there was never anything other than the result that that that, that occurred and as, as chris said um i think although it was easy i think it's the game that um that uh, new zealand needed um you know they didn't rely on going to an emotional depth or actually a physical depth that they went to the week before you know don't rule out the fact that that was part of the misfire from south africa um, at the weekend, you know, because the emotional depth that they went to against France and the the quality of performance and everything that went with it was just, just incredible. And 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 you know, you know, doesn't happen very often in careers. That was one of the games for the ages. So, you know, to to come to just come out. We often talk about you know tactical and technical, but we also talk about the emotional part of rugby, and, and there was definitely emotional drain in South Africa. New Zealand sort of rebooted against uh, against rg and i know there will have been stresses around it because it was a world cup semi-final but you know there was uh, no period during that game where they were they nervous about not going to the world cup final and it was and in some ways it polished the type of skills and the type of type of rugby that will be needed i think for new zealand to uh, to win against South africa so um, whereas you know, a week ago, I would have said, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's very difficult for New Zealand to, to beat South Africa in tournament play in a final. I think all of a sudden it becomes a very, very, very tight game.
5: Yeah, Chris, if South Africa win it, they'll have played Scotland, Ireland, France, England, and New Zealand, the five toughest teams they could face, albeit losing to Ireland. New Zealand have only really had to play properly well in one game. Either way, I think it's going to be an amazing final. These two absolutely loathe each other. They kind of fear each other. They're violent games whenever they play, when there's not much on the line, never mind the World Cup final. I'm really looking forward to it. But do you think that Mm. battle-heartened South Africa route to the final might just benefit them? Oh, I think if South
6: Africa win this, we might as well give them the World
5: Cup permanently. (laughs) Because
6: they would have have just (laughs) gone to such depths. Um, I always thought that if the winner was going to come from Pool B they would have to lose a game at some point. And obviously they would have to come in the pool stages, but I just could not see. And that was my biggest fear for Ireland. I couldn't see a team going seven from seven mm. from pool B. And so we've got two teams now for the first time ever that have both lost a game. And I think that speaks to the the competitive nature of pool A and B, but especially pool B. And that was always why, why New Zealand were dangerous this World Cup. Opening night, and then they could... Whatever happened, just build for that Ireland game. Whereas Ireland had to go to the well against South Africa, and they did have to go to the well against Scotland. I know, I know they, they they pumped them, but it was still an emotional game. Oh, we were exhausted for so, the last twenty last twenty oh, minutes. We were struggling yeah. there physically. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it's a it's a it's an emotional game against a bit big rival in the stad with all sixty thousand or 40,000 Irish fans, and that would have still been emotionally draining. And so. Yeah, so Ireland, I think, were always vulnerable by that quarterfinal. I think New Zealand were always dangerous come that quarterfinal. So the fact they were able, and there was a, everything about Friday night was different to Saturday night. Saturday night the anthems were crackling. The atmosphere was hot. You felt you were in a big game on Saturday night. Friday night I just couldn't feel it. You tried, but you just did not feel it. There was there was an, an energy lacking in the stadium. So New Zealand will be totally primed. But uh, yeah, I, I think if South Africa managed to do this, then they will establish himself as the greatest rugby world cup nation i mean we've got the two greatest rugby world cup nations against each other three wins each we thought this would be the time the european rugby fought back we thought an ireland france final to kind of mm-hmm. cap the two best teams in the world coming in not to be it's those two again a repeat of 1995 so i think it's going to be great it doesn't need much hype it's the greatest rivalry in rugby um but yeah it just says a lot that they're there again even though this was the time that you felt it would be um European rugby hitting back and winning the trophy for the first time in 20 years
0: Ah the six nations are still the best competition in the world guys. forget about the rugby <laughs> And it
6: won't be it'll world be around quickly won't it yeah, yeah, yeah of months. We'll just way. get through yeah. this nonsense on
0: Saturday and then we'll get, get on with the, the real business in February Chris brilliant to have you on Shane great stuff Thanks Yeah for real you know.
6: pleasure Thanks guys Thanks
0: Thanks a
3: uh, There's a winning mentality tech. see it in their eyes they've got glazed eyes Glazed eyes, Blaise's eyes. what I said to them at the end, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it, I said, are you ready to win a World Cup? Because we're in it to win it. They've got to trust me, I'm taking these guys into battle, yeah. and I'm doing my own stapling. Look, we're not getting carried away, but we're now getting to that point now where we are inspiring. Does a, a struggling salesman start turning up on a bicycle? No, it turns up in a newer car, Deception.
4: So what becomes of you?
3: Along the way, we're going to have fun.
4: When they have you all.
3: I try and laugh several times a day.
4: <laughs>
3: a sergeant Major spends all his time training his men to be killers and, and make sure that they arrive for meetings on time and dressed in the right way. He doesn't polish his own boots. The bosses are panicking. They're going, oh, cut back, non-negotiable. The way we play
2: football is non-negotiable.
0: Email in here from John Rogers. Hi, Simon. Hey, John. Big statement from Simon, from John here to start. (laughs) I really don't like being this guy, but now I have to be this guy. Obviously, we're still hurting after last weekend, but I don't understand the lads' dismissal of the URC. I'll take Ospreys coming to Galway over Crystal Palace versus whomever it was that got Owen all excited last week. (laughs) This is now... I'm getting blamed for this. Murph was... This a is, bit uh, the TV about the guide, this of is completely the, uh, my fault
1: john i don't know why you're first drawing uh, sending the email to and the blame? then and then sticking uh, uh, on in as well this is all me no i think yeah, as a becomes apparent I think he's looking
0: to Simon for as a voice of reason mm. in oh, all this okay. yeah mm. yeah.
1: But you, can you have a word with
0: them listen we were expecting You know, we were hoping for a World Cup semi-final instead there was URC yeah. you weren't you weren't blown away by that idea Murph anyway we continue here the latest World Cup quarterfinal loss hurts so much I've decided to try and not take sport too seriously from now on so nothing could have done a better job at fostering this new attitude than Connacht connecting the absolute shit out of it at the sports round on Saturday Blady scored another hat trick Connacht scored a heap of tries in the first half and then conceded a heap in the second half. And most of all Mac Hanson downed a pint of beer in one go with plenty of it running down his Mac DeMarco jumper and then he posed for selfies with kids. We sure are the crazy gang. I saw Gavin Casey <laughs> tweeting a video of Mac Hanson down in the pint. I did, he, a little he, bit
1: messy. He did drink, drink at least half it.
5: I know that these You see his book ended his World Cup with boozing essentially. Yeah. That one plus his uh, big interview where he's drinking pints in a pub.
1: I know
0: that the three amigos of Kieran, Owen and Ken are collectively more into soccer than rugby. I don't understand this, but I'm slowly learning to accept it. Also, I know that the URC is a flawed, perhaps deeply stupid league, but it's our flawed, perhaps deeply stupid league. Kitshoff is coming to Ulster. I might get to see the ginger menace in the flesh in Galway. Give the URC a break. It's all we've got, says John Rogers. Listen, John, I like your positive attitude to life. You must have been listening to Gordon Ramsay on the High Performance Podcast.
4: We were young, we were stupid and we, we were skint I remember going to ask her father if I could borrow 20 grand for the deposit for a flat that we fell in love with and I thought this was all going well lunch is good, I'll pay for lunch and I said oh by the way about that uh, deposit, you know Tana and I we've got half of it, we need the other 20 grand I'll pay you back in a year he said okay, here's what I'll do I'll have another lunch with you when you sell your Porsche <laughs> I thought you fucker but you clever fucker. Here I am driving around in a flash fucking 9 11. And we didn't even have a fucking house. We didn't have a flat. We didn't have a roof over our heads. It's the best advice he ever gave me sell your fucking Porsche. I did sell it. And 10 years later, I went and bought it back.
2: Same car?
0: Same fucking car. Yes.
2: <laughs> oh oh, oh, Jesus, Jesus Christ.
0: Christ. I can't believe he only, I mean, surely 10 years later, he's buying a better Porsche.
7: No, same no, no. Fucking car.
1: same fucking car. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I didn't think Jake Humphrey could be, you know, out high performance. But when it comes to out high performing Jake Humphrey That's and the hyper-pans. lack of self awareness uh, stakes. Gordon Ramsay just fucking just put him just put him to bed. But
4: it's li- it's literally that you know the drill tweet. Rent $200, data $150, rent or food $200, data $150, rent $800, candles $3,600, <laughs> utility $150. Someone who is good at the economy, please help me budget this. My family is dying. <laughs> you're like, how could you go and ask for 20 grand when you're tr- when you arrive to lunch in a porch? Yeah.
1: This guy is not playing like you know 4D chess, <laughs> he's like, okay, you posh bastard I will give you 20 grand since you appear to be dating my daughter but like don't insult me by driving a Porsche to this dinner before you ask me 20 grand I mean it hit home with Gordon Ramsay who we went on mm. to great well, success well it's just really Come relatable up. It that, that podcast just gets more and more relatable by the day
0: yep thanks guys thanks Ken you clever fucker mm, thank you Oh, Owen, thanks, thank Murph. You. thanks Murph you thanks fellas. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to have a look at secondcaptains.com and think about signing up for the World Service. The Second Captains podcast is part of the high performing ACAST Creator Network.
2: Same car, same fucking car. Yes. The is that?
0: That's the second
4: time it's gone on. They never got home, they
3: never got home, they never got home, those guys.
7: The Second Captains World
5: Service.
7: It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the there's a world outside of that. That's why sport's important.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods,